0: This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. All right, thank you. God bless you. Welcome again today. If you're a guest, we're honored to have you with you. And I know the video is a little graphic, but I'm trying to give you real events that happen in real people's lives. So again... Uh, even the stories of the Bible, those are real events, real things that take place, and so we're gonna deal with them. We're in a series, who the Son Sets Free is free indeed. Jesus said, I came to set the captives free. So if he came to set the captives free, there's probably things we all need to be free of. So if you need a Bible, once you get your hand up real high, once you get your Bible, we'll begin in Mark chapter five, and then we'll go to Mark three. And I got a bunch of scripture today just to give you some biblical reference. Also, we like to honor people here today, so one of our heroes, and I will highlight the word hero, is with us. Will, why don't you stand up? You may not like to be called a hero, but yeah, Will is one of our Marines, and I thank God for him every day that they live and breathe for our freedom, so thank you for doing that. That's why I called him a hero, and I believe that with all of my heart. All right, well... We're in our second week of free indeed, and again, you're going to hear the Word of God. And so once you hear the Word of God, what you do with the Word of God is up to you. And you'll embrace it, you'll receive it, you'll welcome it, you'll live by it. Or you know what? You may choose just to throw it away, but only the truth sets people free. So I encourage you to take good notes today. These are on podcasts and stuff, so listen to them. We begin in Mark chapter 5, verse 1. Again, a real life story, a real person. Then they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of Gadarenes. And when he had come out of the boat, immediately there met Jesus out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit. Now, the unclean spirit would be referenced as an evil spirit or someone under the power of a devil. Who had his dwelling among the tombs, and, could, and no one could bind him, not even with chains. Now, when you read there, he dwelt in the tombs. You know what that literally means? The guy lived in the cemetery. He lived in the graveyard, not a real popular place to live. And so when we read this, this guy's got some issues, okay? He's got some big issues in his life. Verse number four, because he had often and I highlight the word often, been bound with shackles and chains. Now, it's talking about physical shackles and chains. But how many of us in this room have been bound or shackled or chained to something that has dominated your life? That may not been godly. Just some of the illustrations on the video. I've been that way before. I've been chained and bond, or bound to things that weren't of God. And so again, Jesus is here to set us free. The last part of verse 4. And the chains had been pulled apart by him, and the shackles broken pieces. Neither could anyone tame him. Now, if you're in a spiritual battle or spiritual warfare, you're not going to win a spiritual battle with man-made things, okay? To win a spiritual battle, you've got to know what your spiritual weapons are. And so today, we're going to give you some of those spiritual weapons as we go on this morning. Verse 5. And always. Verse 4, it was often. Verse 5, always. Night and day, he was in the mountains and the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stones. Now, just in reading what we've read, the first five verses, this guy is being tormented and harassed by the devil. Does he still do those things? I believe he does. Verse 6, and when, Jesus, when he saw Jesus afar, he ran and worshipped him. And he cried out with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? Now, this is the demon speaking through. This demon recognizes Jesus. He addresses Jesus as the Most High God. And then he says, I implore you, I beg you, I ask you to swear to me by God that you do not torment me. Now, again, I want to highlight this is a demon because Jesus doesn't torment people. Jesus sets people free. Verse number 8. For he said to him, come out of the man unclean spirit. Two truths in that passage right there. Number one is the devil tries to possess man. Number two, he said, come out of the man. And he spoke to the demon. So again, Jesus was not addressing the man. He was addressing the spirit within the man. Verse number 9. Then he, the demon, asked him, or Jesus asked him, saying to the demon, What is your name? And he said, My name is Legion, for we are many. Now the word Legion had to do with the Roman army that would have between 3,000 and 6,000 men. But the word Legion right there, it signifies a well-organized group that had power. And this is what he's emphasizing here. Verse number 10. Also, he begged him earnestly that he would not send him out of the country. Now a large herd of swine was feeding there near the mountains. So all the demons begged Jesus saying, send us to the swine, they may we may enter them. They're saying, give us permission. So this shows me some things here. The Lord Jesus has power over the devils and the demons. Right here on this earth. And at once Jesus gave them permission. And the unclean spirits went out and entered the swine. And there were about 2,000. And the herd ran violently down the steep place into the sea and drowned in the sea. So those who fed the swine fled. And they told it in the city and in the country. And they went out to see what it was that had happened. And they came to Jesus and they saw the one who had been or who had been previously demon-possessed or influenced by the devil. Now, know what he said here. He had been demon-possessed, but he's not no more. That's a different chapter now. And he says, and he had the legion, and he's sitting and clothed and in his right mind, Now there's some great passages right there, great nuggets in that passage that we need to get a hold of this morning. Here's this guy who was in bondage. He lived in the tombs, he would cry out at night, he was cutting himself, and he gets around Jesus, and all of a sudden he's clothed, he's seated in the right mind. He's got a sound mind now. I mean, in this room, you don't have to show your hands, but how many of you ever had people say to you, you're crazy, that'll lock you up. You're losing your mind. Or maybe there's a nickname, Crazy Joe, Crazy Sally. See, in, in 2 Timothy 1.7, the Lord said this, I didn't give you a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and the soundness of mind. So oftentimes, people will begin to live a a lie where they begin to entertain the thought, I'm crazy, I'm crazy. But isn't this a good passage right here? This is a man that is very clear at one time in his life, he was crazy. But when Jesus comes into your life, Jesus not only has the ability to set you free, Jesus has the ability to restore a sound thinking in your mind. Here's a thought for you. I don't care how many drugs you've taken. I don't care how fried people say your brain is. Jesus can restore your mind. Jesus will restore your mind. Deep reading. Just a little side note. Verse 16. And those who saw it, those who witnessed what had taken place, they told them how it had happened, who had been demon-possessed, and about the pigs. Now, can you imagine? They were saying, I was there. You remember Crazy Joe, when he would go through the mountains and would see him in the, in, the, in the tombs? He hanged out where all the dead people were going, and all the time he was cutting himself. Remember all the scars with him? We heard this guy named Jesus showed up, and Jesus told the devil to leave him, and all of a sudden man, he straightened up. He's wearing clothes now. See, it becomes a testimony that what God does, I believe he still does. And while he got into the boat, he had been demon possessed, begged him that he might be with him. However, Jesus did not permit him, but he said, I want you to go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he had compassion on you. So he's telling him here, I want you to go bear witness Show back up to your family reunion and they'll all look and say, you're crazy, Joe. Not no more. Jesus set me free. So what we see right here is Jesus uses this man to become a living, breathing example that God still has power on earth and God still sets people free. But one of the truths we've got to understand here this morning is these demons are real. They're not fake. They're not fiction. They're not make believe. They're not some Hollywood figure running around with red underwear on. They're real. They're real. Now we're going to study a little bit about them this morning. Turn to the book of Mark chapter 3. Just go back a couple pages. Mark chapter 3. We begin in verse 13. Mark 3, verse 13. And he went up to the mountains, on the mountains, and he called to him, and he called to him those he himself wanted, and they came to him. Now, I highlight the word that Jesus called to them, but it was their choice to come to him. It's the same with us. If you'll note there, Jesus didn't handcuff them and say, boys, you're coming with me. No, he gave them the opportunity to come. Verse 14. Then he appointed twelve. The word appointed there means to make someone into something. What was Jesus wanting to make someone into? He appointed the twelve that they may be with him. The, The word might be with him. What is in order for them to learn from him. And then go out and do precisely what he teaches them to do. So not only did he appoint them. That he might send them out. To preach. Jesus' first priority was always teach people the word of God. Jesus said you got to get the word in. You got to get the word in. You know why that's important? Only the truth sets people free. Then look at the second thing he wanted them to do. And to have power. That word power is a word we get called exocia. The word exosia here means authority Or a right to act. It's delegated authority. So Jesus gave them exosia for what? To heal sickness. And to cast out demons. And the blessing about this right here. That the power he gave them to preach. To heal and to cast out devils. It's never been rescinded. Jesus still desires for us to do those things. So, are there people on this earth that need to be saved? Yeah. People on this earth need to be forgiven? Still, yeah. Healed? Yeah. What about even being set free? I believe there's people that still need to do that. And so what God chooses to do, He chooses to use me and you. He uses people right here on earth and He gives them His power and His authority to do those things. Turn with me to the book of Matthew, chapter 8. Matthew, chapter 8. And, and I just want to give you one verse here, but I want you to see this truth on what Jesus still does. Matthew 8, verse 16. And when evening had come, they brought to him many. It's important that we bring people to church. It's important we bring people Around the things of God. And so it says. They brought him many. Who were demon possessed. And he cast out the spirits. With the word. Now. If they had demons in them. And he cast them out. What's changed to this day. I don't believe anything has. But it says. He cast them out. With the word. One translation says. With a simple command. So again, we don't have to come in here and do cartwheels. I don't have to spin around and yell and scream. You know, some people will scream at the devil at the top of their lungs. He just said a simple command. So this morning, when we get deeper into the word, we're going to see the simple command. So Jesus, he cast them out with a word and he healed all who were sick. In 1 John 3, 8, it says, For this reason, Jesus was manifested, that he may destroy the works of darkness. So again, Jesus is giving us foundations biblically to understand, me and you got a job to do. Right here on this earth. Go to the book of John, chapter 10. John, chapter 10. And as you're turning to John, chapter 10, understand this, the devil's goal is to gain control over people, to master people, to dominate them. The devil even has the desire to change your your character, to change your your behaviors and your attitudes, to influence you in negative ways. So here's a question as you're turning to John 10. Are there areas plural or there are areas singular? that you haven't gotten victory over in your life is there areas that you're still dominated in in your life that you can look and say you've yeah, been dominated in this and oftentimes people will say well that's not bondage i'll call it a weakness well you've been doing it 5 and 10 and 15 and 20 years that's not a weakness okay that's bondage And one of the first ways to get set free when you're in bondage is to be able to admit it. To say, this is what's going on within me. And again, this isn't bad news. This is good news. This isn't a negative. This is a positive. This is a good thing that we're talking on, okay? John 10, verse 1. Most surely I say to you, He who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the the same is a thief and a robber. Now remember the word thief and a robber because that will come in here to play. So literally what he's saying here, there's a legal way to enter and an illegal way to enter. And the one who doesn't come in the door, he's here illegally, But he wants to get to the sheepfold. you know where the sheepfold is? It's where the sheep are at. So just a a little side note to help us a little bit. The only way a person comes to earth legally is you've got to be born of a mother. So I can look in this room. Every one of us are here legally. Because every one of us were born as a mother. Well, what's the secret to that? Well, That's why the virgin birth of Jesus to his mother Mary was so significant. Jesus is here legally, okay? Now, there's some words in there where we're going to have to figure out. He said, he who comes in through the door, verse 2. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. So now we got to be able to define what's the door. Look at verse 7. Then Jesus said to them again, most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. Verse 9. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. And will go in and out and find pasture. Now, I want to highlight something. Because when Jesus said, I am the door, it was singular. He didn't say doors. The only way to come in legally, even into heaven is you're going to have to do it through the Lord and Savior, Jesus. Now, I know this isn't popular right now. Because many people will say, well, there's many ways to get to God. We all serve the same God. We just get there differently. No, that's not right, okay? Jesus said, I am the door. There is no other door, okay? And so the only way we get in is through the Lord and Savior, Jesus. And so much when you see here that Jesus is the shepherd. You can read Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. You'll find out the heart of Jesus. Verse number 10, now this is important. The thief, and remember in verse 1 we talked about the thief. The thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy So now we must define who the thief is. The thief is the devil. The thief is here illegally. But the thief's goal, his purpose, and his only reason for being here is to kill, steal, and destroy the sheep. So just because me and you are sheep, he wants to destroy you point blank. Don't think the devil's a friend of yours, alright? He's not a friend of ours. But there's a huge contrast in this verse. The last part of verse 10. I, the shepherd, the Lord and Savior Jesus, I have come that they, the sheep, may have life, and they may have it more abundantly. So when you read this right here, understand the thief takes life. The Lord Jesus wants to give you life. Here's a thought for you. Let's just say that you came to church this morning. And you got back home and you realized you left one of your doors unlocked. And there was a thief in your house. Does that thief own your home now? No, he doesn't own my home. But he sure is influencing it. And he's going to continue to influence it until you kick him out so here for a little bit we're going to begin to understand biblically how we kick the thief out of our lives so turn with me to the book of luke chapter number 10 luke 10 and i know this that many of you have have probably read this numerous times i I want us to really literally marinate in this today Let the Word of God get on the inside of you. Luke chapter 10, verse 17. Then the 70, literally 72, these were believers. These were people that were sheep. They're born again. They returned with joy. They'd been out on a mission trip. They'd been out preaching the gospel. And they returned with joy and they said, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Even the demons are submitted to us in your name. Now, if Jesus is Lord of your life, you have a right to use the authority of Jesus' name. That's one of the ways or the way we kick him out of our house. We begin to understand the power, the exosia, that we have in the name of Jesus. So how did you obtain that name? Well, you think about this. When you get born into this world, you come sliding into the world as a little baby. And all of a sudden, you get your father's last name. When I get born again... I come into the family of God and because I've received Jesus as Lord of my life, I now have access to his name. Again, I must begin to understand the name of Jesus. So he said, even the, de- the, the devils are subject to us in your name. Verse 18. And Jesus said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Now, right here, I believe he's trying to give us a a picture illustration that when the devil was kicked out of heaven, remember, the devil was in heaven. He was a beautiful archangel. But he got over into pride and arrogance and rebellion. And it said, Jesus said, I watched him get thrown out of heaven like lightning now. How many of you think about when you see lightning hit the ground? From the time it it bolts till it hits the ground, if you're not really watching, you miss it. And so Jesus is saying, that's how fast Father God kicked him out. And so literally, you know what Jesus is saying? I'm not impressed with him at all. At one bit. Verse 19. Behold, I give you... The authority, the power, the exosia, to trample on serpents and scorpions. He's not literally saying black widows and tarantulas, okay? The serpents and scorpions are terms for demons. And he said, I give you authority to tread or to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power Of the enemy, and by nothing's will, it means hurt anything hurts you. So as we read this right here, I've got authority. You've got authority. It does me no good unless I know how to use it. It would be like us having a pistol. But if we didn't know how to put bullets in and shoot it, it wouldn't do us a bit of good. So right here, he tells us that my authority is in the name of Jesus. We've got to get a revelation of this again. That in the name of Jesus, the devil has to bow. Now, as we read into this, was the Lord Jesus telling us, That if we don't use our authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, will they trample upon us? Will they dominate us? See, my people perish for a lack of knowledge. And so again, he's trying to give us spiritual knowledge to understand. I've got to begin to use the name of Jesus. If you're born again... You're a child of God, and you can use the name of Jesus. Use it. Use it. Use it. Over and over and over. Verse 20. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this. Do not rejoice in what? That even the demons are subject to us in the name of Jesus, but that the spirits are subject to, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. The greatest gift for every one of us, is salvation. The greatest gift you can give to any human being is salvation. Get them born again. That's why we gotta bring people to church around. But look, he didn't diminish or downplay the demons are subject to us. Again, he's telling us the greatest gift is salvation. But on the flip side, don't put up with the devil. Quit tolerating what he's, he's been doing in your life. Verse 21. In that hour, Jesus rejoiced in the spirit and he said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things. You've hidden what things? Salvation and authority over devils. And who did he say he hid them from? The wise and the prudent The wise and the clever. So when he says that here, he's saying, I've hidden these things from those ones who've become wise in their own eyes. Ones that are wise in religious matters. Ones that think, you know what, I'm the man of the hour, I can do whatever I want. Don't kid yourself. But who did he reveal them to? Keep reading there in verse 21. But he's revealed them to babes. When you come to Jesus, you come with childlike faith. You come as a baby. And when someone tells you about the gospel with childlike faith, you just receive it. See, you think about a child growing up. I mean, I'm just going to pretend right now that Joel was my father. And and one morning, Joel tells me, now, when you get home from school at 4 o'clock, I'm going to take you to eat ice cream. You know what I'm going to do throughout the day? I'm going to get around Billy on the playground. I'm going to say, Billy, you know what I'm doing this afternoon when I get up? Dad's taking me for ice cream. And all day long, I begin to think about that. And when I get back home, I'm like, let's go get ice cream. You know why? Because childlike faith says, you know what? I'm going to believe what he said to me. Because that's my daddy. See, that's the same with the kingdom of God. As long as I keep looking to him and I aggress to him and I look to him and say, Lord... I know it's not me, it's you. I give him the glory, I give him the honor, and I realize we're just channels he works through. Again, you know what? I I always get tickled when people say, you know, there's a great revival going on in Florida. We all just got to go to Florida and get around that man of God. Well, he's just a man. And I'm not diminishing he may be a man of God, but he's just a man. And so when we get around Jesus and we just keep looking to Jesus, don't look to man. Now, go with me back to the book of Mark, chapter 5, and we're going to end with this. Mark, chapter 5, and as you're turning there, let me throw this in here just a little bit to you. There was a man who went to a church. He began to ask the leaders of the church. He said, I was reading my Bible the other day, and it talked about we're supposed to cast out devils. He said, do you guys believe in casting out devils? And they said, no. And so he said, so you believe in leaving them in? What do you believe? (laughs) See, it's interesting. There'll be people that say, oh, those things don't happen anymore. So the devil, he just drifted away. He's no more. Not what I read. They're still here, okay? But Jesus said, I give you authority. Now, this is the passage that I believe will jump out at you today. Mark 5, verse 6. This is the only verse I'm going to read here. And when he, the madman of Gadara, now we would all probably agree, not probably, we would all agree that the, man of, the madman of Gadara had some huge problems. When you live in a graveyard or a cemetery, you got some problems. When you're running around night and day, screaming out and cutting yourself, you got some problems. You're in some bondage. But it said, when he, the madman of Gadara, saw Jesus from afar, he ran and he worshipped him. Now remember it said, when Jesus got on the other side of the lake, and so his boat's pulling up, and this man, he sees Jesus. He sees him from afar. But it says, he ran and he worshipped him. So if the devil could keep you from coming to Jesus... Wouldn't this guy, the madman of Gadara, be a prime candidate? If he could keep anybody from coming to Jesus, wouldn't it be this guy? So this shows me here, he can't keep people from coming to Jesus. So here's this man who's bound. He's he's shackled. He's chained. His life has been horrible. And he sees Jesus. And he crawls and he begs. Know what it said. It said he ran. He ran to Jesus. He ran to Jesus. When's the last time you ran to Jesus? He ran to Jesus and he slid in at Jesus. That doesn't say that I'm making that up. But he came to Jesus and he says he bows and he kneels and he worships and he becomes transparent. And he could care less who's around him. But he says... I worship you, Lord. I exalt you. I honor you. And when human beings run to Jesus and they worship Jesus, it opens the door to something. And this was the beginning to a man getting set free because right after that, Jesus looked at the devil and said, Out! See, again, this isn't bad news. This is good news. And just because you have influence in your life that's not always good because of some bondage, that doesn't mean you're a bad person. It just means the devil has took advantage of you. But if I respond to Jesus, I still believe he sets people free. Now, you're not looking at a man who hadn't been set free. I've been in bondage to things. I I know what it is to be in bondage, to be dominated. And at times look and think, I hate this. I hate what this has done to me. But See again today, Jesus sets people free. And whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlovic.com.